Biggest game here on the north coast of Florida, and uh, I'd say it's the biggest game for uh, Tony Agalini. Tony, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Uh, Matt, considering your fanhood of the Gators, is this game or is the Tennessee game bigger to you? Just, just you, <laughs> just you personally, not not most Gator fans. Th- this game, really? Okay, I didn't think you had much of a. Ran into a lot of Georgia fans. Uh, I, I figured you were more into. Th- so you'd be okay if they won this game, but got beat by thirty points by Tennessee. <laughs> no, t- t- Tennessee, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, Florida is not a challenge anymore. So Tennessee or Florida, Georgia is the game to watch. Okay, okay. I I don't know if you were more likely to catch more hell. See, because people ask me, "Oh, is it Florida or is it Miami?" I'm like, "What, what are you, an idiot? It's Florida." Because we're closer to each other, we're like freaking brothers. It's ridiculous. Miami, you're it's a, it's like that distant cousin that shows up and you know crashes on your couch every once in a while, but you you know you don't really talk to him over the phone. Uh, so I I'm always curious to get Gators' perspectives. If, if if Tennessee and Florida have been close more than one of the last 14 years, it m- maybe is that, but it's not. So what if Georgia and Tennessee? were highly unlikely but but what if they were ever to play for the national championship who who are you pulling for uh next question <laughs> ass <laughs> okay to you to you tony florida state and georgia are playing for the national championship which side are you on i'm on the um if there's a meteor <laughs> um, I'm on that that side. If there's some sort of, um, you know, natural disaster, probably probably that something that would end it for me before either. No, I mean honestly, between the two, I think it would be funnier uh, if if those two schools were playing for the national championship. It would be funnier if Florida State won and kept that non-national championship streak alive for Georgia. Yeah, the you know it's it's funny to me about Georgia fans. They really think their program – they have a lot in common with Tennessee fans. They really think that their program is much more uh, on, on, a, on a much higher level than what it really is. Because, like, you, you know, what's it been, 40 years since they've won a national championship? That's, that's a lifetime, essentially. 
especially if you catch COVID. That's a lifetime. So uh, I, I just I, I've never understood if you run into or when I, every Georgia fan I've ran into, they talk about the history and the tradition of Georgia football, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Those two years that freaking uh, Herschel Walker was there because that's a that's that's all I think of when when I think of Georgia football greatness. I think of Herschel Walker's Heisman Trophy winning. Uh, year and their national championship. And that's outside of that. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like you almost beat Alabama a dozen times, but you never got it done. And that's pretty much all, all I think of when, when I think of Georgia football. I know, I know that's being a little mean and a little uh, insensitive to Georgia, Georgia fans here on Florida, Georgia, but it's true until you kick that door through and win a championship, no one thinks of you as a national power. They think of you always having really good players, but not necessarily national power. Let's go ahead and get into that game because it is the game of the day. Uh, I, I believe this game is bigger than Clemson Notre Dame because it doesn't matter who wins Clemson Notre Dame because they're going to play each other again in about four weeks. And that winner will will probably decide who gets in the playoffs. So, Florida Georgia today. Um, last time I saw, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the lines here in one second. But it was about a field goal, give or take, on the spread. Uh, the experts out west have the um, the score being somewhere around like 28, 24 is a, is essentially what the what the uh, spread has turned into. Uh, By the way, before we get into that real quick, did anyone catch any college football last night? Because Miami about bit the dust. I I didn't watch any football because I was was hanging out with the family. I was like, nah, I won't watch the Miami State game. I'll I'll, I'll save myself for the BYU game. Yeah, I should have watched the other game. I, I yeah, was planning on watching the entire BYU game. I was going to watch half at night, and then I was going to wake up early this morning and watch the other half. And as I'm going to bed, they they scored the they scored two touchdowns before I could fall asleep to go up 31-3. to three. I was like, well, I guess I don't have to get up an extra half hour 45 minutes early because this, thing, this thing's about over. And I woke up was, in the middle was, of the night. Cool, it was weird. It was like a Groundhog Day. I woke up in the middle of the night, and the game was replaying itself on, on the same station. And it was right, right. Exactly, it was exactly where I left it off at. I was like, man, did I even fall asleep? Like, What the hell's going on here? <laughs> I, I, did like, uh, I did like Boise State's uniforms last night. They were pretty cool. I don't like them on that turf. If, if they're going to be on that turf, they need to have something a little brighter. But, yeah, their uniforms aren't bad. They just need to not – because they have – I don't know if anyone noticed this, but that turf has gotten darker than it used to be. It used to be more of a sky blue, like a, like a deep sky blue. Last night, that thing was damn near purple. I, I don't like the field. I don't like the way they've gone the field because it, it's it's hard to make – it's cool when, when you know, BYU's wearing that all white. That looked really good on it. But con- conversely – Boise State, it, they kind of blend in the, into the turf. I'm sure they don't see that when they're running around on the field and whatnot. But I, I wish they would have kept the uh, the field alone because the field was always unique and always had that uh, almost look like astroturf blue kind of crap going on. And now they've gone to like a deep. It's almost like a it's almost like a Kentucky bluegrass look. Tony, did you not catch any of the games last night? I, I did. I, I thought. Um... I thought when when I know it's part of their brand and all, but I thought when Boise State beat Oklahoma, the first thing they should have done was uh, go to a, a turf that doesn't look like high school and um, 
you know, but like I said, it's, it's part of their brand and, and they milked it for as long as they could. And, um, you know, I don't know how long ago it was, like six, seven years ago when, um, when the coach left for, uh, for Washington, but uh, it was kind of starting before that. I, I think they've, they've lost the, the shine off the polish. And when I saw that they were, uh, the shine off the shoe, when I saw that they were playing uh, last night, I, I heard a lot of people uh, picking Boise State, but I mean, you turned me on to this BYU team at like week three and they just blasted. Right. Are they not Other fun to watch? America's team, UT San Antonio, they have pretty much blown out everybody they play. <laughs> the um, and then, and then I found myself watching uh, NC State. Miami. I did watch a, a good amount of that game, just sitting there waiting for NC State to blow it, um, which ultimately they did. I was right. surprised that NC State put the points up that they did, considering that mm-hmm. the, the the guy that was on the field last night is essentially their third string quarterback. Yeah. And uh, he he, I mean, look, the the guy's going to go through growing pains. I, I'm pretty sure he was a true freshman. Uh, regardless, he's he's going to be there for the next couple of years. And I thought he looks pretty good overall. And once again, I've been saying this since even since they beat Florida State into submission. Miami's a fraud. Miami is not good. They beat a bad Florida State team who didn't even have their coach at the time. So, like, that's that's the one win that they hang their hat on, right? But they look like garbage against Clemson and last night I don't remember who it was but you, I follow a bunch of people on Twitter uh, your writers and publications and stuff and someone was bragging about that game to the effect he said, said this just in Derek King's really or is pretty good and I chimed back with it and that's where it ends he's pretty good that's that's exactly where it ends don't act like oh he's pretty good like we're talking about you know facetiously saying oh Derek Jeter's a pretty good shortstop ha 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 wink wink Derek King looked like crap against Clemson and right and 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 he looks really good because he's the best quarterback they've had in forever and and one that actually he's athletic and he can throw a spiral which you know it's kind of two keys to being a quarterback these days so and their um, offensive line does well against poor defensive lines right and I they're the worst one. I mean, we'll find out how good or bad we are today, but Miami to me is the worst one loss team around. Um, and it, and it's not so. even close. They could play, you know, they'll, they could play Clemson tomorrow and, and you'd have the same result as last time. It, they're just, I, I'm with you and their schedule just gets easier. I think they, no offense, but I think they play Georgia Tech and I think they play a couple other teams, but uh, that aren't very good. And so they'll probably end the season, you know, that's not going to offend me. Worst, I'm not a Georgia Tech alumni. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, Georgia Tech sucks. It's Georgia Tech sucks. And it's why when Florida State lost to Georgia Tech first week of the season, I was like, oh, God, this is not going to be a good yeah. Speaking of Casey Camp. Yeah. Um, the the, the uh, Georgia Tech game to me, uh, right there off the bat, I'm like, all right, here we go again. And it, what was most frustrating by that entire game was James Blackman again, really? And we had to watch the same, and he didn't make any, he was, there was some leap and bound from, man, he, man, that's what he needed was a coach. No, he got out there. I'm telling you, that guy must be the best practice quarterback in the history of college football because (laughs) he gets all the coaches going, man, James Blackman, I'll tell you, the kids love him. And he must be doing jumping jacks and, you know, I don't know, doing magic tricks on the sideline or something, and then he gets in the in a real yeah. game, and he's just like, <laughs> he's a statue getting either sacked or interception. So, the yeah, yeah I mean, my, Miami, Miami at the beginning of this, I, I, at the very beginning of the season, when we did the uh, the ACC predictions, I think it was me and uh, uh, Angelo. The thing that jumped out at me the most was that Miami, Clemson, 
and especially Notre Dame were gift wrapped schedules, right? Like they don't play very tough schedules at all. And we knew why Notre Dame, why Notre Dame was being gift wrapped a schedule because they're trying to con them into coming and joining the, you know, the, the, uh, ACC term, And then Clemson, I think we just, I, th- I think they wanted to set it up where it, they would get a participant in the playoffs, whether Clemson was very good or not, which by the way they are. But, um, Miami is that weird trash team that's going to be ten and one or nine and one, and uh, they're going to get exposed if they if there is a bowl game for them to get to. I, I don't know how the bowl games are going to go this year, but yeah. that's pretty much take on that. And by the way, y'all, BYU is just. I really wish BYU had a chance to play someone out of there. I don't think they're going to make it in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I really wish that the, if they if they don't get to get in the playoffs, I hope BYU gets a chance to play in some kind of a meeting. Hell, let BYU play Miami, and if and if Miami beats BYU, then I'll shut the hell up for for at least four or five minutes. Um, I think BYU is going to be the UFC of three years ago. The UFC. UFC or. The Florida team that went UCF? undefeated. They, they, yeah. Okay. UCF. I thought we were talking about ultimate fighting. I was like, okay, I, I can see, I can see BYU. It's a weird segue. They, they got, exactly. <laughs> Isn't there a big fight? I don't know. Uh, speaking of UCF, um, they just claimed the 2020 uh, presidential election. So uh, that's that's uh, good news for Central Florida. They're now the president of the United States. Um, Put up the banner. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Florida, Georgia. We want to spend time on this as far as what the keys to the game are, what our feelings on. It looks like we're going to get pretty decent weather. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen the actual game time weather, but it's 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 a balmy uh, eighty degrees is what I would guess. And I don't believe there's a lot of rain being called for. But Tony, you you might have a better idea on that. I was gonna say I, I, when I woke up about a half hour ago, it was pouring but it's supposed to clear up this afternoon allegedly so we'll see so what is the key to florida wins if what happens uh florida wins if the defense can actually get georgia off the field this year that's been a big issue the last two years and and georgia's won three in a row the the first game of this streak was the day that McElwain told the team he was getting fired before the game and we all kind of knew while tailgating that that had just happened so um, not a whole lot was going into that one. But these last two games, we, we've struggled to, to get Georgia off the field on third down. We've struggled to defend them in the red zone. And also, um, we've struggled to convert third downs and keep our offense on the field. So if um, if Florida can get Georgia to like, you know, three for 13 or something like that on third downs today, that'd be big. Um, you got to keep Stetson Bennett in third and nine, third and 10. We did that last year with Jake Fromm, but gave up 15 yards on third and 14. So that didn't really, really help us out a lot. But Bennett's not Jake Fromm, um, and I'm, I'm curious to see how we'll, we'll defend them today. Are we going to load the box and, and try and play press? It'll it'll help the defense that Pickens, it sounds like, didn't make the trip, or if he did make the trip, he's not going to play, and, and that's he killed us last year. Um, so that's big. He's a really good receiver. Uh, we've struggled to cover their tight ends. Um, the uh, Trey, Trey McKitty uh, is, is a heck of a player. He's replacing uh, the, the kid that left last year, but – that's the biggest thing to me. I think it's up to Florida's defense. I know all the attention is going on Florida's offense versus Georgia's defense because those are the two um, elite units. But um, to be honest, I think it's all about Florida's defense today. And 
they looked better against Missouri, but it was A, it was Missouri, and, and B, in the first half, they had two or three terrible drops, and one of them should have been a touchdown that, that really helped our defense. Do you think Georgia is – because with the – with the key injuries that Georgia is facing, I think they're going to have a hard time slowing down Pittman, and then that's where they're going to try to expose the uh, the Georgia. Uh, what I guess they would probably try to put a safety on him. Some teams have tried uh, putting a def- uh, a cornerback. That doesn't work because he's too big, and you can't put a linebacker on him because they're too slow. Yeah, he. He had a big first half last last year against Georgia, and then they in the second half they just had uh, LeCount cover him like a glove. And yeah, he he's out today. Got a motorcycle accident right after they, I guess the team got back from Lexington. And then they're also missing a couple guys up front. Julian Rochester's a good defensive lineman for them, and then Jordan Davis is a big defensive tackle. So correct um, me if I'm nice wrong, game. but that but that uh, motorcycle accident was a uh, COVID related, right? That's right. Yeah, it went, went down as a COVID <laughs> issue. <laughs> um, but, you know, Georgia missing a couple guys up front is hopefully will help our running game. But the thing is, though, I mean, they might be inexperienced, but, you know, Georgia's recruited the last three, four years, five years, and, and they just, you know, replaced five stars with five stars. They're just maybe a little bit greener than the other guys. So, um, but but ultimately, yeah, Florida's got to get Georgia off the field and, and got to be able to run the ball. We haven't ran the ball well against Georgia in a while. Matt Carr, the Gators lose this game if what happens? Uh, like Tony said, if, if we can't get George off the field on third down, that's uh, the Texas A&M game was the defense was atrocious, uh, couldn't get off the field on third down, could not stop the run to the right side. So if if we can stop them on third down, we win the game. Do y'all suspect that Florida is going to try to? I'm not. I don't know if it'd be like a true 46 defense, but basically pack the the inside and force Georgia to beat them over the top. Which I that that to me would be my game plan because I don't think Georgia is going to beat you with precision passing over the top. I think their thing is trying to run the ball, control the ball, keep their defense fresh. So when your offense does get on the field, they are coming at you at 100 miles an hour. Tony, if you're you're building the defensive game plan, do you see them more of packing it? Or would they do more of a bend-don't-break defense where you say, look, Georgia, if they have to run a – 10 to 12 play drive, they're going to screw up somewhere along the way and we'll force them into field goals. I, I think if it's me, I, I like the former strategy. I, I, I'm not having Sean Davis, his safety hurts a little bit because he's a big headhunter. He helps in the run game. But, you know, the, the next guy, uh, the, the other thing with Sean Davis is you, you never know. He's a he's a targeting call waiting to happen. He already got booted out of um, the Ole Miss game pretty early. But I, I think even with him healthy, I, I think um, – Florida's got to eliminate giving guys 10 yards off the uh, line of scrimmage. And, and we didn't do a lot of that against Missouri. We played a little bit more press, got a little bit more in their face uh, up front versus what we were doing before the, the COVID hit um, against A&M and, and Ole Miss and those teams. So I, the defense needs to dictate the game in this situation. And um, I, I'm for that. And the one thing George is good at is uh, dumping the ball off to, to their running backs, getting the ball in, uh, in White's hands and getting the ball into Cook's hands as well. And uh, they're both pretty dynamic playmakers. They can, they both have good hands. They can both catch out of the backfield. So I, I think for on the other side, if I'm Georgia, um, I think you might see some more screen passes out of them, try and take 
try and take advantage of Grantham and his uh, uh, kind of meathead blitzes where he just gets frustrated and, and kind of sends the house. So um, I, I look for Georgia to try and counter Florida having more guys up front and, and running some more screen passes and, and getting the ball dumped down to the running backs and make our linebackers tackle them in space. So, Matt, what's the score of today's game? Uh, I'm taking an over. I'm going 35-28, Florida. Wow. wow, high scoring. Okay. Tony, what say you? Uh, I've got Georgia 73, um, Florida 4. I think <laughs> we get a couple safeties late. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've, I've, been, I've been thinking Georgia like all week, and then I must have had some kind of epiphany or something Thursday night. I woke up Friday morning feeling pretty good about it. So um, I've got Florida 27-21. I, I do think if, if Mullen can't beat Georgia this year, I've, I've got a laundry list of questions to ask him if I, if I ever get the chance. Um, that th this is the year to do it. I saw um, your tweet. My first thing was thought was, well, I think Tony might be day drinking because so. <laughs> he's I mean, always the ultimate pessimist. Yeah, right. Bennett's Bennett's not any good. He's little. We got you know the line's got to get their hands up um, and try and knock down some passes. Kentucky got an interception off of a batted ball last week. Like make something fluky happen, and, and we we actually got to play from ahead. Our, our offense, I think. I don't know if it's the last two games against them or not, but it feels like we we haven't scored in the first quarter for sure. And, and, and at halftime, we barely scored any points. And really, last year's game was um, borderline about to be a blowout until we you know, managed to score a couple touchdowns at the end and make it a one-score game. And Mullen was asked after the game, how, how much better is Georgia than Florida? And he said seven points, which is horse crap because Georgia kicked this up and down the field last year. They just didn't score as many points as they should have. And, the, the game in uh, 2018 was even closer than last year, at least as far as like game feel and all that stuff goes. But um, I, I think Florida puts it together finally today. Um, defense continues to improve, and uh, we finally beat Georgia. If he loses to, to Georgia again, he's going to go to the podium wearing a Jar Jar Binks uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> costume. I mean, because everybody anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> anything could happen with uh, Mullen, apparently. You, you know. You go from the cool guy with the Darth Vader thing on to man, everyone mm -hmm. hates you. Just put Jar Jar Binks. That's on the there. thing. Like all that, all that stuff's cute and and you know witty and and neato. And then you know you drop a drop a third game to Georgia and uh, you, you start smelling like Harbaugh is what you start smelling mm -hmm. like. Oh right? yeah, right. even you know you know who is uh, kind because of because your wins against Florida State year. are not impressive because they've been down you know during this time period. Mm -hmm. One thing if FSU been ranked in the top ten every time you've beaten them, but th this is. The worst four states looked in forty years, right? Mm -hmm. So right. that's not impressive. You got the, the Georgia game becomes essential. Like you have to win that. That's your, right. you know, that's your Ohio State, so, so to speak. Well, uh, and there's that's, you know, that's your game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and historically, there's there's always so much on the line. And obviously, there's a lot with FSU too. It's the last game of the year. If you if you've got national championship aspirations, you've got to beat FSU. And then obviously, it's for bragging rights. But the Georgia game for so many years you know it was it was for the sec championship and you know for a bunch of years before my time georgia was the one that ruined everything for us you know year after year and uh especially Dooley was like 17 and 8 or 17 and 7 or something like that against us and um you know even spurrier 66 teams was probably the best team in the sec except fell apart against georgia and it's it's happened so many times and it, it's finally it, it's it's finally time to get back to where it was where you know, the, the Georgia game was 
Um, at least not one where we're losing three in a row to them again. Like they can get us every now and then, but doesn't need to be you know three in a row. Four I think, in a row is miserable. I think I called this yesterday, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the score. At least I've had it in my head. I feel like I said it out loud yesterday. Twenty four twenty, Florida. Uh, the only way I see Georgia winning this game is if their quarterback play is much better than what I think it is. I I just haven't been impressed. I watched the majority of that Kentucky game, and I was like this is a top 10 team in the country. It just, it, it, it just doesn't feel like it. Um, right. I think, I think, do I think Florida's going to go on and run the table and beat Alabama? No, probably not, but I think they're going to beat Georgia. I don't think Georgia's Georgia could out physical them. And that is a possibility, but I just feel like if you're leaning on the running game in college football in 2020, you're probably in trouble. Because it's become a quarterback game, especially in college football, where, you know, I I mean, I, I go back to it. I think if Florida goes in there and and uh, packs the line tight and doesn't give them the A and B gap and makes them run wide, Florida's got the speed to handle that. They just don't want to get mauled and then beat and then make the quarterback beat you over the top. He you know he might get a play or two, but. To do that consistently, I don't think he's going to pull it off. That's, and that's that's the biggest thing for me is with, with Florida's defensive line, and you're without Zach Carter for the first half, and you finally got Kyrie Campbell back. So everybody's playing back in position, and then now you, you lose Campbell for the first half. But um, Georgia's offensive line, obviously, they lost the two really good tackles from last year to the NFL, and, and same same thing. They just reload with more five stars. These guys are a little less experienced, but. You know, that defensive line and the linebackers for Florida still have to get through that five-star offensive line to get to those five-star running backs. So um, that's that's the, that's the kind of Florida's proving point today is are have they lessened the gap where Georgia maybe is not as physical against Florida? Maybe that matchup isn't as big of a blowout as it's been the last few years. Right. It, it, has, it hasn't even been close. All right, well, let's take a quick break. Angelo is joining us, and we're going to do our stupid underdog picks and get into the rest of our predictions. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Visit Shane Company for meaningful holiday gifts. Our in-house design team creates unique styles of fine jewelry in every price range. Exquisite symbols crafted with superior standards and made to last a lifetime. We have a variety of diamond infinity designs to symbolize your everlasting love. We're also known for our natural and vibrant rubies, which represent enduring passion. Or select a stylish necklace with the stone in her favorite color or her birthstone, so you'll always be close to her heart. Our jewelry consultants in the store and online will help you find something beautiful to put under the tree. Your gift will be a symbol of your love that will be treasured forever. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. Open weekdays 10 till 8, Saturday 10 till 5, and Sunday noon till 5. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. 
Now on Sunday mornings at a new time, we're going 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern with the NFL Fantasy Football Stardom Sinem Pick'em Show. We do DFS, season-long fantasy, and we keep a winning record against the spread. 11 to noon on Sundays, the armchair quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. If it was a regular salad, I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but you had to have that big Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As we are riding shotgun with you here on a Saturday morning and joining us on the Armchair Quarterbacks Dixie Football Nation show is Mr. Angelo. Angelo, how the hell are you, sir? Angelo, I think you got yourself it's muted. Not always yeah, muted. I was muted. Oops, gotcha. my bad. You're good. Uh, I, 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 I've been, what, it's been two weeks? I'm a little rusty. <laughs> Tony's like, finally, I'm not the only one. <laughs> Oh, man. Rough start. It's all right. I'll, I'll pick it up, I promise. <laughs> Tony's uh, best hot takes have never been actually recorded on Armchair Quarterback Radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get into the uh, stupid underdog. There's no need to fear. Stupid. Underdog is here. Stupid. Underdog. Stupid. Underdog. Stupid. Underdog. Stupid. Underdog. Speed of lightning, roar of thunder, fighting all who love or plunder. Stupid. Underdog. All right, stupid underdog picks are here. And give you an, an updated version. We all took one on the chin, except for uh, uh, Matt. Matt actually covered the spread on his last week. So the updated standings look like this. Uh, Tony and Matt are now tied at seven and a half. So we'll let Tony go first for, uh, for once. And then um, after that is I'm in th uh, third at 18 and a half behind Angela, who's 21, and Sean is 25 and a half. So, Tony, where are you going today on your stupid underdog picks? Pick. I am going to Blacksburg, and I am taking the Fighting Baptists over Virginia Tech. You bastard. That, that was the number one one. That was the number one game that I had. I feel like, I mean, I feel like that one is. Although I felt a little. I'm not a like, conspiracy guy, but I almost feel like that one's too easy. Um, I want one guy to watch, by the way, uh, a friend of mine texted me a couple weeks ago for, for Liberty, not to break down the full program, but um, their return guy is one of the best in the country. Uh, he's a kid from uh, Mandarin High School here in Jacksonville. I've not watched them. I've only seen their highlights, but evidently they've got a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I felt much better about that pick until I was watching early this morning and the wager talk that popped up on ESPN 
uh, one of their guys out there in the desert said said his his lock of the day was Virginia Tech uh, mowing over Liberty. I was like, uh oh, well that was my number one underdog pick. <laughs> and he he had like nine reasons. I was like. I just don't think Virginia Tech's ever what they're supposed to be. <laughs> that was my and plus I can't forget the ODU blow. What was that two years ago or was that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was awesome. My half of my family went to Old Dominion and my aunt and uncle had season tickets and they're not even playing football this year, but um, they were they were at the game and uh, that was that was an awesome one. Yeah, I, so I, games like that, I just always think of. This smells like freaking. I mean, sixteen and a half. What was strange beginning of the week. I thought I had like had read it wrong, but then then I saw an article that showed it. Uh, it opened with Virginia Tech being an underdog in this game, and it just skyrocketed through the roof. Um, Matt, where are you going with your pick? Uh, I got three, but I only need one now. Um, I'm going Baylor over Iowa State, and I have I have it at uh, I got it at 14 points right now. All right, I gotta find that game. I don't know what time that game is on. Uh, any it's, idea? Uh, it's six o'clock tonight. Okay, I see. Yeah, yep. It's it's fourteen points. So you're taking Baylor plus fourteen. Um, what was that noise? Was that my computer? Uh, the uh, I guess the game I'll go with is. Uh, I had it down to a couple, but I'll go ahead and take. Oh, what the hell? I'll take the fight in Herm Edwards. Uh, they're getting 11 points against Southern Cal. I think it will. I haven't looked at it this That morning. was my number two pick. The I want to make sure that's what it still is. I got um, 11 points with that one. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I, I just want to double check. Yeah, it's it's still 11. Um, there's a slew of games on at noon today. And so then we go to Angelo. Angelo, what is your pick? I got uh, Kansas State, uh, 12 and a half over Oklahoma State. Kansas State, 12 and a half against Oklahoma State. Another good one. I'm surprised that no one, Sean, Sean will probably do it later and, and end up striking gold. I'm surprised that nobody went with the Notre Dame game. I thought about it because it's gone up to seven and a half points now. But we'll get into that game in a second. Um, real quick, uh Michigan, Indiana. That's that's a noon kickoff. Um, Angel, I'll start with you. Do you feel like Indiana being an underdog is kind of absurd at this point? I, I don't know if I'd call it absurd. Um, I think it's a pretty even game. I think Michigan is going to come out and win. I know they they stunk the bed against Michigan State. That was definitely a, a shocker, I think, to, to most people. But I do like their quarterback, Milton, Michigan. Um, I think he is going to have a bright career at uh, Michigan. So we'll see. But I don't know if I'd call it a shocker, but um, I just think Michigan is talented. They're they're too fast. Indiana, I mean, had that call at the end of the game last last week where, you know, could have gone either way. They could be 1-1. One one. They're 2-0. Oh. Uh, so ultimately, I'm, I'm you know, if we do picks later, I'm going to have Michigan. Um. I I'm just finding it a little strange that, that they're a home dog. I saw it up as high as four and a half. I thought it'd be more of a pick. Em. Tony, what say you? Uh, I, I'm with Angelo. I, I think the only thing that could stop Milton is Harbaugh, and so far he's done an okay job with that. And after after two weeks, 
I think he's a, he's a dynamic player. If Milton was at a lot of other places running a different system, I, I think he could be fantastic. Um, I, I think Michigan. I, I think Michigan wins by like ten or so today. I, I think uh, Indiana kind of um, did as good as they could do against Penn State, and, and I don't know. I don't know what they've got coming forward, but I, I think uh, that'll that'll kind of that'll kind of do it for IU this year as far as like getting a big win over a name program. I, I think uh, I think Michigan will not rolls today, but say like thirty one twenty one something like that. Can't remember is is uh there are they in the same division as Michigan or or are they the Wisconsin division? I think they're in. The, I think they are in the same because I think Penn State plays Indiana every year. Okay. Yeah, they are. They are. Wow. Okay. So they don't even have Indiana that always gets Penn State fits. Man. Like that. That wasn't like an aberration. That happens almost every year. The Big Ten West has got to be like the worst division ever in the history of sports. Because other than Wisconsin, every time you name a decent team in the Big Ten, goes no man, they play in Ohio State's division. <laughs> it's like what the hell? The, the, the NFC East uh, disagrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the Cowboys might be able to win a couple of games over in the in the Big Ten West. I think so too. I would probably take Dallas. Cowboys are a five hundred team in that division. I think I, I think I think Dallas could get a now I wouldn't have a favor by more than a touchdown, but I think they could probably get Northwestern. I think uh, Michigan Indiana is going to be. Uh, I'm surprised it's a three and a half. I think it's more of a pick'em game, but uh, I'm rooting for Indiana. But I think Michigan wins it by about the spread about uh, the field goal. I feel like Indiana is going to get that game. I just I I, I don't believe in. I'm Harbaugh. rooting for him, man. Yeah. I just I don't believe in Harbaugh. Uh, Florida State Pittsburgh, Angelo, take the wheel. What what are you seeing in this game? What's your uh, <laughs> what's your uh, keys to Florida State getting a big W today? It's funny because every time I think that they're gonna compete and win, they get blown out. Every time I think that they're gonna get blown out, they actually compete. Um, this game, I I have them winning. Uh, Ultimately, it's due to Pittsburgh's lack of starting quarterback. Um, but I think that in order for Florida State to win, they have to, one, help out Travis in terms of the wide receivers got catch balls. I know we were talking about the, the other game, and they were just dropping balls left and right. And there was one um, against Louisville where we were down, I think, seven, and Travis had a 20-yard completion ready to go right across the center of the field. And uh, – who dropped, I think Helton dropped the ball. Um, it was a 20, it was like third and 18. It was a 20 yard, it was going to be a 20 yard completion. We were close to getting in the field goal range. And then when, when Chubba came in too, there's a lot of drop balls. Um, hopefully Travis is fine. All reports are saying that he's, uh, he's looking good with his shoulder injury. Um, uh, you know, if he's not good, I hope we don't go back to Blackman hope or, um, Roadmaker. I hope we, we give the Chubba hive some, some, uh, hype up, but, Defense, too. I mean, their defense couldn't stop anything last uh, two weeks ago, uh, giving up big play after big play. I think their first five drives were touchdowns, and most of them were over 50-yard plays. So I think the defense has to step up. I think the wide receivers have to have to make a play here and there. Um, I'm not sure if Terry is playing. I haven't seen that. I know he's he's kind of a game-time decision. I'm not exactly sure if, if they cleared him or not, but I think it's no, it's no – no hiding that that's every Florida State's fans keys to the king. Um, wide receiver play needs to step up in defense. I, you know, 
Well, first of all, uh, Tamri and Terry, I, I don't think he's going to play because I haven't heard much from him, but they are going to try to try try him out at the beginning of the game. Four o'clock kickoff, so we obviously don't know anything right now. Um, but Pittsburgh got hit with another uh, hard hit of one of their better defensive players shutting it down for the season. He's going to wait for the draft. You know, if this game was a normal year, Pittsburgh was going to have one of the best defenses in the country. They, they've, they've lost now two and all like all likely, uh, first round draft picks to, uh, to the, uh, COVID shutdown. It's not like that they caught COVID, but they, they don't want to risk it. And I think after mm-hmm. Pittsburgh drops some games, a lot of these guys are starting to lose it. I was listening to a Pittsburgh Panther podcast yesterday and one of the things that, that the guy was saying was that he is worried that their head coach has lost the locker room. Now, if Pittsburgh gets a few wins and gets to around 500 to finish the season, he thinks he'll keep his job. But he thinks if, if they lose to Florida State and then continue to lose, you might see a change at Pittsburgh. Um, if he can muddle his way through a 500 season, they're probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt because once again, this is this is my other thing. When people start wanting to call for Jim Harbaugh's head, people forget how much money these institutions are losing not having fans in the stands this year, and mm-hmm. to take the hit as far as also saying we're also going to to buy someone's contract out. That's a major hit, and I just don't think you're going to see as many people get fired as people think they're going to. I think you're going to see more and more. Even even on the pro level, there's probably going to be some NFL coaches going, how the hell did he keep his job? Because they didn't make any money this year, and they don't want it to. They're basically chalking this up to whatever we got out of this year, we got out of it, but let's move forward. So, um, Not saying that someone like Harbaugh won't be on the chopping block two weeks into the 21 season but i i'll I'll be shocked if he gets fired because they they have to buy him out of his contract which doesn't sound like a lot for michigan but they're gonna have to have a lot of alumni step up and say during a pandemic we're gonna give a boat ton of money to to move forward uh real quick angelo what's your prediction on this game uh obviously i don't think we're gonna be able to stop them but i think we'll be able to score enough um, it being a home game, um, I will go with 35-31. We'll win. Ooh, high scoring. I think it's going to be much lower right. scoring. I think FSU gets it. I think it's going to be like 23-20. to 20. Uh, Tony, what say you? Yeah, I I think FSU wins. I, Pickett, I don't think he's still playing. I think he's still got no, the ankle not. issue. And, the, the, and, they don't and expect even, him he, to. He, he, he's yeah, a, and even if he, he does He's play a game-time decision, but the, the guy from Pittsburgh was saying it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, even if he, if it, even if they did shove him out there, half of half of what makes Pickett a threat is that he he's pretty mobile and he can run. And he, if he's got one leg, he can't really do that unless he's going to run in a circle. So um, Yellen's not any good. Um, so I, I think FSU wins, and I, I think I saw this is the first time Pitt uh, has played in Tallahassee since I think the Marino team in like '82, and. Um, caught up with a friend of mine over the weekend. He's a little bit older than me. We used to work together and his dad played football for Pitt and, and, and Brett was at FSU at the time. And uh, I guess he sat in like a monsoon for about four hours. It during poured. That game. It poured. Yeah. Day. So, um, but anyway, some, some history being uh, played out in Tallahassee. I always think that that's pretty cool. Uh, the backstories with previous meetings and stuff, but I think FSU wins. I think FSU probably wins this one kind of comfortably like a 34 to um, 34, 17 kind of score. Matt, what say you? 
Uh, the over-under is 51. Uh, I think Florida State wins like 21 to 17. I think it's a low-scoring game. Uh, I think both teams are not great, so I'm going to go with that score. It was ironic because uh, Pitt was obviously one of the best teams in the country in uh, 82. During that time period, they actually had a two-year series, and they got a, it was much closer in Hassie. They lost by like 20. They got annihilated up in Pittsburgh. And before he was drafted by the Dolphins, I absolutely hated Dan Marino. I thought he was just I, – I, I could have chopped his head off when I was like eight years old. I hated Dan Marino. And then the Dolphins drafted him. I was hellbound and determined in my head. I was like, oh, you got to trade me. And then, I, and then I saw him play his first game. I was like, all right, I got to get a Marino jersey. <laughs> that, that, Dan, that Dan Marino is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not like the way Derek King's pretty good. Um, right. So let's get into some quick predictions as we go to wind down the show. Uh, we already kind of went over Michigan and Indiana, so I'll put that aside. Michigan State, Ohio, Iowa is a noon kickoff, and it's a six and a half point spread for Michigan State getting six and a half. Uh, Tony, sorry. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Iowa. Um, I think they uh, came close last week against Northwestern. I think they'll finally get off the schneid. And uh, what I think is Kirk Ferentz's last season. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe he's been in there as long as he has. There's been two coaches that he's, Iowa. Isn't he's the longest to... tenured? Isn't he the longest tenured D one coach right now? I think. Yeah, it's it's funny because in my mind Hayden Fry's been gone for like ten years, which is not the case. He's been gone mm-hmm. for a long time, but we've seen two 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 Iowa coaches in, in, in my lifetime, and both of them yeah. are pretty successful. Uh, Angelo, what what you got in that game? Yeah, I have roughly the same. I have Iowa um, 24-17. Matt? Uh, yeah, I, I'll, go, I'll go the opposite. I'll go 24-17 Michigan State. Go the upset. Yeah, I, I'm starting to wonder about Iowa. They're, they're 0-2. They're, Michigan State's getting five. I wouldn't mind. Uh, it's, it's not a five-point spread, by the way. Uh, I've got Michigan State. Because it's in Iowa, I don't know. We'll see if Michigan State uh, did, did any real practice this week after celebrating against Michigan. So I'll take a low-scoring Iowa 20-17. to 17. Uh, Next one on the docket, uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Uh, you took the upset. Angela, what's the score? I think it's, it's going to be close, but I still have Oklahoma State only winning by three. Um, but you so took I them in the stupid underdog? What the hell is that about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing the odds here. I'm going for the for that two pointer. <laughs> right. He did what Tony did last week with the uh, Missouri. <laughs> edge, edge your bet. Yeah, birds of a feather. Uh, I have Oklahoma State by uh, actually by two twenty eight twenty six. Tony, what is the uh, score in your game, Liberty Virginia Tech? Oh, Liberty wins on like a last second field goal. Let's go 38-35. Defensive struggle. Matt, Baylor game. What's the score? Um, I'm gonna hold on a second. Um I'm going uh um, you doing a math problem over there? <laughs> Matt's checking to see if the third string offensive tackle for Baylor's still playing or not. The square he's out actually out. He has COVID uh, seventeen. Um I'm going Baylor. 35 to 21. Okay. A blowout. 
And if that ends up being the exact score, we're going to need to know what your math is over there. <laughs> what is the square root of 25? Okay, I got Florida winning. Uh, all right, uh, I'm going to uh, – my game, uh, Kansas State, Arizona – I'm sorry, where the hell did I get Kansas State from? Arizona State, USC. I think Arizona State's defense will be the key. Remember last year they had such a shutdown defense? I just think that's how – Herm Edwards is, is going to build his program. So I see a fairly low scoring game for a Pac-12 game. I'll take uh, 23 to 20. All right. Well, they, they play to win the game. Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, see what we got. The next one would be Angelo, Duke, North Carolina. Give me a score. Uh, I have Duke by 14, 28 to 14. That is one I actually thought about. It's in It's – in, it's at Duke. North Carolina is starting to look extremely overrated. Right. And Duke sneakily is, is, has gotten a little better. throughout. Mm-hmm. So I, this game would not shock me. If, if, if I was going to have a, a secondary pick, in other words, if I would have uh, got to my pick and Arizona State was going to be gone, I actually would have went with the Duke-North Carolina game. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it. I say Duke wins 31-30. Uh, Tony, Texas A&M, South Carolina tonight. Ten point um, spread. Ten point spread for the uh, Fighting Cox. Uh, it's the only way. The, by the only way, way, Carolina could walk on, to Duke if radio. they wanted to. What's um, that? I said Carolina could walk over to Duke's campus if they wanted. They just they take the bus just to save just to save a little bit of time. Right. Um, I'm going. I think I think A&M. Uh, people keep telling me that Florida lost to A&M keeps looking better and better, and I I think like no loss ever looks better over, over time, but. Um, I do think AM is really good. I, I do think um, uh, Mon's having a much better year than I thought he would. And uh, I, I just, Muschamp is so hard headed and he wants to, you know, he wants to play ball control. But when they get down by two or three possessions and they don't have Bo Nix throwing in the ball to keep him in the game, uh, Carolina's <laughs> screwed. So I've got AM by like 41 21. Oh, well. Matt, what say you? Uh, I I hope A&M keeps winning, man. That's the same thing. Uh, I I think they're a good team, and it makes us look better, which Tony disagrees with, I guess. But I think the more A&M wins, the better we look. So go A&M. What's What's going to be funny is, you know, if they need another playoff team, what happens if somehow Florida beats Georgia today and A&M finishes out? You've got nine and one A&M and nine and one Florida. Um, and you know what do they do there? It'd be a I great mean, problem to have as a Gator fan, but right. Are you talking about if it's not? Or are you talking about to make the playoffs? Yeah, like who? Who do you? Who do you take? Well, I think Florida. Those? Florida would get the upper hand because they would have beaten Alabama. Yeah, and that's, that's where I am too. And a and M got annihilated yeah, nice by out. They're going to look at it as one way. First of all, everyone in the committee is probably a far left loon, so they're going to be mad that A and M had uh, more fans than they should have. And then also, they're going to look at okay, they lost a close game on the road and. A&M got blown out by the team that Florida just beat. Is I, I think I think that would be the the deciding factor. And then they'll take BYU. And we'll right, just go, exactly. Okay. And, they go, and so with that being said, we'll have BYU playing uh, Texas San Antonio. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> the darlings. Exactly. Uh, by the way, don't sleep on my Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Huh? Hey, I, huh? I'm rooting for them, man. I'm rooting for them. Huh? That was. You, you only bought that because they screwed us out of the College World Series. 
I bought that a few days ago because I said on the show like weeks ago, if they're still uh, undefeated and ranked come November, then I I, I got to put something in the studio for them. And then yeah. I thought last I thought I was going to get off the hook last week. Georgia State, and then they won fifty-one to nothing. I was like, and I watched quite a bit of that game because I took the uh, the under on it. I was like, this yeah, isn't even fun. that close, man. This is this is ridiculous. They gave up that on West two years ago. And Georgia <laughs> State's a decent program for you know for that level of football. I was like, man, maybe the Chanticleers need to be playing BYU in the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm still, yeah, I'm I'm still bitter at them for that. I forget what year it was. I think fifteen or sixteen. I think it was. They that came they out won of it. nowhere. I mean, they had like Verlander and Randy Johnson. I was like, "Where, where the hell does this team come from?" I didn't. I, and when the when the football team started getting good, uh, I guess it was last year when I really, I, I had to look it up, make sure that that was the same Coastal Carolina. I was like, I don't know, is this, is this Coastal Carolina College and the other one was University? Um, if y'all watch them last week on a game day, they 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 look like a fun team to watch. They they're just a fun team. I guess we you, lost Angelo, but he's coming back in. Uh, you mentioned Ver, you mentioned Verlander. We referenced it in the show. You know where Verlander pitched in college? I don't. Old Dominion. Really? Okay. So it all comes full circle. There you go. I just <laughs> I just I assume most of these guys, unless I've actually seen them, you know, watching. Yeah, just skipped. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. I, I just assume <laughs> that they go straight to the uh, uh, pros. Um, I think that's going to become less and less of a thing because I think more and more you see these college kids getting drafted and going straight into the, the league. I think you're going to start seeing more kids yep. uh, sticking with college baseball. I think college baseball would get more talent if they would lower their three-year minimum to a two-year minimum, and I think that's what they need to do. Conversely, basketball needs to go to a two-year minimum, make them all <laughs> two-year minimums, and away we go. Um, okay, uh, Stanford, Oregon. Angelo, what you got? I have a thing against Oregon ever since that Rose Bowl beatdown. So uh, I will never, ever pick them again. So I'm going to go Stanford 21-20. And a shocker, nine-point underdogs. Matt, Stanford, Oregon. Uh, I'm going to go – I, I could care less about the Pac-12 football, uh, but I'll go Oregon probably 40-20. to 20. Tony? Uh, I'll take Oregon too. I think Oregon's loaded, and uh, Stanford's just—they're okay. They're, Stanford's only hope is that they're going to let the grass grow about six feet tall and uh, try and try and just slow Oregon. Churn it out, yeah. That yeah. I, uh, I'm pulling for Stanford. I don't really have anything against Oregon. It's not their fault that FSU fell apart in the second half. Uh, I just, <laughs> I just always kind of pull for Stanford because it's like the nerds out there, you know. Plus. It's the Stanford Cal rivalry thing. It's the, it all comes back to that. I can't pull for anything from freaking Cal Berkeley, and that goes bon long beyond freaking college football. So I always pull for Stanford. Uh, plus, Tiger Woods went there. All right, the big one: Clemson, Notre Dame. Angelo, what you got? I think I think Clemson's actually going to win this one by ten or so. I think they're going to be kind of ticked off that people are are you know hyping up Notre Dame. I know that Clemson's still favored, but you know, everyone is saying without the um without Lawrence, uh that, you know, Notre Dame is gonna keep it closer and possibly even win this game. But I have Clemson and then their backup look good. I mean he looked he looked he he had some moments where he looked good and some moments Right. I'll tell you what's going to piss me off is if 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 Clemson goes in and boat races Notre Dame with Ugalele, 
and we're sitting here. We and we've got basically a shortstop playing freaking uh, quarterback at Florida State. And I'm like, what? Why the hell can't we spread the wealth around here, guy? You know what, what the hell's going and, on? And I think Clemson's third. I don't know if he's a third string or a fourth, but um, I forgot, Tyson, some long last name. He's actually from. Uh, Bridgeport, um, which is down the street from me. Uh, he's uh-huh. from Connecticut. He went to like a a grad school in between, but he's he's a solid player too. And I know it's between him or Florida State. So I mean, if that's their third or fourth stringer, right? And we have, you know, the quarterback room that we have. That's gonna he's be from down the but, street from you. So you did a terrible job of illegal recruiting up there, my friend. I know. I should. Uh, let I me know next time. You, you know, <laughs> we'll get some swag sent his way. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I have I have Clemson winning this game. I'll I'll go twenty four to seventeen. Okay. Wow. Tony, I'm I'm usually anti Notre Dame, so I'll, I'll kind of stick with that. I, I think uh, <laughs> actually I, I think Clemson wins with or without uh, Lawrence, and I think it's. Um, Notre Dame hangs around for a little while. I too much Travis Etienne. I think Etienne's going to have a huge game tomorrow uh, tonight. Um, I, I like thirty-eight to uh, thirty-eight twenty-one or so, something like that. And if they get to play in Charlotte, I think uh, it might be an even bigger uh, discrepancy between the two. Carl, what say you? Too fast. Uh, I'm I'm with Tony. I'm a I do not like Notre Dame at all. So I always root against them. Uh, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think Clemson wins by two touchdowns. So we'll say forty to twenty-six. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the upset. I say Notre Dame, uh, figures out a way to win. Uh, they'll have some fans in the stands. It's a night game. Uh, Ugalele is not playing Boston college this week. He's playing a very good Notre Dame defense. So I think he could make a key mistake just off of being young. I think he's going to be very good. He, he impressed the hell out of me. He looked like Dwayne Haskins, but with, but, but, but intelligent like he like he threw the ball where 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 his players were and not where uh haskins typically threw through the ball um so what happens if if they wouldn't come out and win by 21 points who's the starting quarterback next week for clemson yeah the guy that lives down the street from angelo that's a He, he might he might be traded to Florida State for that game. Just you know, just give him. Why don't you give him a player? Yeah, just let him yeah, go out there and beat Florida State. You know, you, you'll get him. Um, I think it, it's it's Trevor Lawrence's job to, uh, until he leaves, but he'll he'll leave after this year, and then it'll be Ugalele's, uh team. Now, if he goes up there and lays a dud. Then the kid Angelo's talking about. Then, then there's a real competition. So what you might see if he goes out there and beats the brakes off of Notre Dame, then maybe that third string kid from Connecticut says, "I'm getting the hell out of here. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sit. When I'm going to be 50 by the time I start." Um, Matt, give me your uh, uh, point spreads. Give me three picks to click, and then your one big thing that's going to happen today. Uh, uh, we've kind of went over these, but my three things I went over yesterday with you, uh, Arizona state USC was, uh, my number two pick, uh, 11 points, Baylor, Iowa state, uh, 14, uh, Texas, West Virginia. It's a uh, five. It was last night. Anyway, I think okay. still, uh, the big thing is after today, Cal Trask will be the front runner for Heisman winner. Okay. Uh, I know I didn't prepare Tony and Angela for this. So, uh, Angela, just give me one, one pick to click. And, uh, what's the one big thing? 
I, I was going to use that Liberty game, actually. I think Liberty is going to win outright. And then uh, the, the what was the second part? I, 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 I didn't hear you. One big thing that's going to happen today, which I guess essentially I, I, would be Liberty winning, but. No, I'll give I'll give you something else. I think that you know Clemson is gonna boat race Notre Dame, and I think that's gonna solidify them. And and you know Alabama was closing in on that number one spot in terms of votes, but I think after today, Clemson's gonna be the the outright number one by a lot. And, and if that doesn't do it in two weeks, they head to Tallahassee and they'll put the they'll put the cherry on top right there. <laughs> uh, Tony, give me a pick to click, and what's the one big thing that happens today? Uh, pick to click. I think Arkansas is, is going to go beat uh, beat Tennessee today. Um, I, I think they're more. Pittman's done a world difference at Arkansas with their them playing more physical. They've been better on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and, and Tennessee that should be a great game. Were, then they played Georgia, and I, I think you know, Felipe Franks comes to Gainesville of all places next weekend. So, um, but uh, I think he'll have a, a nice game against Tennessee. Um, to Matt's point about about trash, I. I I agree. This is this is a statement game for him too. You know, you can you can be a good quarterback and have a bunch of stats and, and look pretty, but at some point you you got to beat Georgia. And you know, Treon Harris wasn't any good, um, but first thing people will say when you mention him is uh, while he got destroyed by FSU every year, uh, he beat Georgia twice. And a lot of Florida quarterbacks can't say that. So this is the, this is put up or shut up time for Trask, um, who, I, who I think is really good. This this gives him a chance to to go down maybe in the books as a, as a great one for us. Um, but then, uh, my, uh, I think, did you guys see Rutgers is a 39 point underdog to, uh, Ohio state? Um, I, yeah. For the longest time, there wasn't even a spread on that really? this week. Yeah. Cause I kept looking for, it. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> 39 points. I would say that, but even worse than that, I would say the easy money would be uh UMass versus Marshall is 44 and a half points Whoa. and the over under is 55 and a half. So that would be some fun action right there. Um, <laughs> My uh, picks to click, my six-pack to go, so to speak. Uh, we already talked about the Liberty game. I like that one. I like the Duke game. We talked about that. I told you I, I like Florida plus the field goal on the hook. I would grab it now at three and a half. I don't know if it's going to go up or down, but three and a half I like. I would even buy a point to go four and a half and hedge my bet that way. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow in the NFL, I, I like Tennessee and the Bears. I like the under on that. It's 47 and a half. I don't think uh, the Bears are going to score many points. And I think Tennessee will struggle to score. Uh, the uh, Steelers, uh, I, I like the Steelers minus the 14. I don't really give a damn. And it's just, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback unless Roger Stallback gonna is going to suit up. Yeah, I think the Steelers. And then Monday night, I think you're going to see uh, Cam Newton put on a show. And then Tuesday morning, ESPN will be ready to put him in the MVP again. Cause they're playing the jets and they get it. He gets a chance to just, you know, do, do Cam Newton type things against the jets. And they'll have, there's two games to point out when he becomes a free agent next year. Um, and my one big thing, uh, I'm going to go with the fact that I think today we are going to see in that Florida, Georgia game, the, the one big thing that's going to come of that, obviously the winner stays in the national title race. The lose, the loser gets eliminated. But I think the one big thing we're going to see is even if Georgia wins, if Kirby smart does not find a way to get to the sec title game and beat Alabama. Finally, we're going to finally hear rumblings about his job, right? 
because Georgia fans are eventually going to say, this is horse crap. We brought you in and you're basically Mark Rick 2.0. And so, um, <laughs> as far as like something we've kind of already gone over all the games, but I guess my one big thing today would be as far what's going to happen today. Uh, keep an eye on the Maryland Terps. They're 27 point underdogs against Penn state. Uh, tug of is fun to watch. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be, it's going to be an upset, (laughs) but I thought about that one for the stupid underdog because I'm still not convinced Penn state is all that great. I keep forgetting he's at Maryland. I think he does too. I think he's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where? No, this isn't what I said. When I answered transfer portal, y'all, y'all misunderstood me. I said anywhere land, not Maryland. No, 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 no. All the places. Yeah. Why? Why did he pick that? I just, I, I, I still don't understand. He could have went to. I guess I'm pretty sure. I don't think they would have blocked him from going to an SEC school. So, no, so, and he could have stayed. I mean, he could have stayed put. I mean. You know what's is, Mac Jones this year doesn't count against anybody. Is you know is Mac Jones coming back next year? You know maybe at that point then you make a decision. But I, I think you might have done it a year too early. Or just go go to a place. I, I mean I don't I don't want to sound like a homer, but why wouldn't you go try try your luck with, with uh, Mike Norvell at Florida State? There's no rule that says you can't transfer after that if you say you know it's you know th- this didn't work out. But some where he's on he- TV, TV much. Can he transfer back to Alabama next year? I guess in theory he could. I don't know yeah, he what could if he wanted to. I've never heard that, that actually happened, but I guess in theory that would be bad optics. It would. It would also make you sound like you know you, you can't make your mind up, right? <laughs> so, yeah. You, you know, I think I think that I don't think you'll ever see that because it'll, it'll look really bad in the NFL draft. The only way you uh-huh. see a guy transfer back after he transferred would be he's not a big prospect and he found out that you know they found out what he did last summer and he knocked up some gal right and he's gonna go oh, well, I guess or, or, or that was it man it just I looks like he wants come. to play football yeah. so it looks like he wants to play football and he knew he wouldn't play this year so he wanted to play football so yeah but you can transfer to any of what 129 division one schools why would you go back to to where you were well, the funny part about that too is before the season started, you, you heard some of the national guys saying, "Well, you know, if if um, Mac Jones doesn't play, like Mac Jones is playing above and beyond, you know, what a lot of people thought he was going to be this year. Um, I thought he was going to be more game manager, convert third downs, and, and do all that. But he's he's kind of quietly become a star. But the the kid behind him is a you know five star guy, and that's I think that's part of the reason why Tyler Bell left too. But um, that's the other problem. You, it's tough to come back to Alabama when they've got a, a five star guy on the bench, and then they got probably another one coming next year. Yeah, and they're all, they're all five stars, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, real, real quick note I just saw pop up the last night. Bryce the San, Jones against the uh, San Jose State game. I think they were playing San Diego State. Eighty two percent of the money was on the over of that game, which was fifty. The game ended up being uh, twenty eight to seventeen. So Vegas made out like a freaking villain last night uh, in, the, in a random game. I guess people were just like, well, i got to have action on this game. San, San Jose State, hell, let's take the over. Because 50 does sound very low for that game. I probably would have taken the over too. I try not to take games I don't know anything about. Uh, Tony, what's your walk-off? Go Gators, man. Get it done today. What time are you all heading down there? 
Uh, I think dad's coming over at 1230 and then we'll all, we'll all carpool together down there, get there about probably one or one fifteen, and sit in the car, maybe have an adult beverage or two and head in about two thirty. And Angela, what's your walk off, sir? No, it's good to see the pac 12 back. It's good to see mm-hmm. pretty much everyone playing again. Um, there's a lot of good games today. Uh, so I'm looking forward for a full slate of, uh, good college football matchups. Car, what say you? Uh, I told you yesterday I got to I got to record the uh, Florida Georgia game, so I'm looking forward to about a four o'clock kickoff, <laughs> <laughs> which which would be five uh, in the uh, the real world. So you're gonna <laughs> come in around the halftime, right? And then right, okay. Hopefully we'll have scored by then. Okay, so so uh, no spoilers. So everyone make sure that they text uh, Car just wildly. Uh, inaccurate things up until five o'clock Eastern. <laughs> my, my, my phone's most on Saturday. My phone's pretty much off or not off, but not a, uh, away from me, but today, especially. So <laughs> I cannot believe that they let an armed gunman on the field. <laughs> what? <Man. laughs> 27, nothing Georgia in the first quarter. What? This is ridiculous. Oh my God. They're coming back. Uh, my walk off is I know a lot of people are not into the Pac 12. If you want to circle two games to watch today, because you're not going to watch a whole bunch of them. Obviously, you don't want to watch the Washington game because it's been canceled. But uh, <laughs> the, the two games noon, Arizona State, Southern Cal, yeah. and then 7 30, Stanford, and uh, uh, Oregon. Everything else in between, I wouldn't really recommend. But when, when Pac 12. Uh, football, the elite games are fun to watch. The middle of the road stuff is usually just terrible, terrible right. optics. Like, don't I forget who UCLA is playing? I think you, I think they're playing Colorado. Don't, don't, don't dig yourself into the UCLA Colorado game. Like, let me see what the Pac-12 is all about. Watch, watch the elite teams play, and uh, we'll see y'all uh, next week. Great job, guys. Uh, All right, boys. Take care. Hopefully, hopefully we find a way for Florida and Georgia. The tide that rolls are Seminoles. We'll hurdle on Steve. Runs to his left. Throws it downfield. It is caught by Dunn. He's got the first down to the 40. Down to the 50. Down down the side. Under the 40. Down to the 30. He separates. He's to the 20. To the 10. To the 5. Touchdown, Florida State. Gainers start at their own 20. Johnson. Lost it deep. Green is behind the defense. He's at the 35, he's at the 25, and he's tackled at the 17-yard line. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Twenty-five to the thirty. Lindsey's got thirty-five, forty. Lindsey's got forty-five, fifty, forty-five, forty. One. Lindsey, twenty-five, twenty, fifty, ten, five. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. Well, I can't believe it. Ninety-two yards, and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. You know, this game has always been called the world's greatest cocktail party. Do you know what is going to happen here tonight? And up at St. Simon's and Jekyll Island and all those places? Wildcats. Whoa.